And maybe the most powerful is that satisfied female investors are terrific referrers for new clients. Multiple studies show that women investors tend to refer their advisors nearly three times as often as their male counterparts. So adding more female clients or engaging at a higher level with the female clients that you already have will definitely have an impact on your bottom line. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Retirement Space Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith. In today's episode, my guest, Kristen Gibson, and I talk about women and wealth. Specifically, we discuss the ongoing trend in America of women controlling a larger percentage of household wealth, projections for just how big this trend might become, ways in which genders prefer to manage their wealth and their relationships with financial advisors differently, and ideas advisors might want to consider for building stronger connections with their female clients. We also discuss some of the ways in which women clients can turn into powerful advocates for an advisor's practice. Kristen and I worked together in the past and have remained close friends for the past couple of decades. I have tremendous admiration for her business savvy, her passion for getting things done, and her uncanny ability to cut to the core of any issue to focus on what really matters. In her past roles at Russell Investments and Charles Schwab, she's presented and worked with advisors on the topic of how to tailor their communication and approach to female clients to build stronger relationships. So she has a wealth, pardon the pun, of knowledge and experience on this topic. There are some really great tips and insights in this episode. I truly believe this is one of the most underappreciated opportunities in the wealth management world, the transfer of household wealth in America to women and financial advisors' ability to tailor their communication and relationship building approach to their preferences. So I'm thrilled that we had a chance to get this conversation in the can. Before we get into the interview, here are a few quick reminders. Nothing in this episode is intended to be or is financial or legal advice. Statements and opinions expressed by guests on this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the host. And the content in this episode is not a paid promotion. All right, we are ready to move on to my conversation with Kristen about women and wealth. Kristen, thank you for appearing on the Retirement Space Podcast today. Matt, I'm happy to be here, and I have a real passion around this topic, so I was thrilled that it was something that you wanted to share in your podcast. I know that you're passionate about this. We talk about this just in our personal conversations from time to time, so it's great to have you on the podcast. We can record some of of your thoughts and, and put them out there. Tell me about your experience dealing with this issue. I have been fortunate to work for a couple of asset management firms who have been willing to invest in this topic. And so together we have created programs, tools, and solutions. And I've been able to talk to hundreds um, of advisors and coach them on this topic. You and I did a podcast seven years ago on this very topic, and it felt like you were cutting eggs back then. Yeah, I think so. Some of it might be because I'm a Gen X uh, female in a financial services industry. And as I started earning my own wealth and needing to even 
solve my financial problems and, and secure an advisor and was hearing from other female friends um, in the industry and outside of the industry that there seemed to be a real gap or need in connection between female investors and advisors. Well, it's good then a boomer male is interviewing a Gen X female <laughs> on this topic. I have a lot to learn. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Let's just start by providing a little bit of background, just some of the facts. Can you talk a little bit about the current state of women's influence on wealth in America and kind of what the trend is, where we're going with that. Sure. So women control about 30% of all the wealth in the U.S. now. And this percentage is projected to increase over the next decade to about 70%. So by 2030, American women are going to control about $30 trillion. And why is this happening or how is this happening is that women are becoming more earners of their own wealth. They also uh, tend to be the inheritors of intergenerational wealth transfer from their families. And women are assuming um, wealth ownership when their male partner passes. As longevity increases, uh, statistics still show us that women are outliving men, um, particularly from two to five years. And so women will have a chance, whether they earn it, they marry it, they divorce it, they inherit it, they outlive it. Nine out of 10 women will control all of their finances at some point in their life. And it's important for them to be prepared and for advisors to be prepared to help them. I always look at threats and opportunities with, with any of these issues. What is the threat and what is the opportunity for wealth management firms regarding this trend coming at them? Well, the threat is just simply not connecting with the audience that you're trying to gain as clients and missing out on millions, or I think I said trillions of dollars of, of opportunity in terms of capitalizing on this trend that, that will indeed happen. The opportunity um, is to really evolve the way that we think about financial planning and wealth accumulation and targeting more women maybe with approaches that appeal to them that are a little bit different than the way that we have historically approached clients in the investment market. Well, and one of the stats that you told me years ago, and I think it's still true, is that 70% of women who are in a male-female marriage, 70% of those women fire their financial advisor when their husband passes away. Yes. And in current research, it's not improved as much as I would have, have thought it would because this study came out, again, more than a decade ago. But again, I think it's really nuances that advisors need to pay attention to, particularly when they're working with couples. Men tend to sort of um, volunteer for the lead role in financial services. I don't think that it's that they don't want their spouses engaged or that advisors don't try to engage women. It's a little bit of divide and conquer of, of, of the household responsibilities. And so they tend to talk with them more, gain uh, confirmation from them more, answer more of their questions, 
address communication to the male in the relationship. And then when that person is gone, they find that they really don't have a connection with the female. Um, and then they seek out somebody else that they feel that they might have a better connection with. Right. I saw one study where the consulting firm made the point that just keeping your clients when the husband passes away, just keeping all of those clients could increase revenue tremendously. Oh, huge opportunity because that's probably the, the pinnacle of their wealth. And, and that female, as I mentioned before, not only has all of their household assets, but she's likely the inheritor of her family's household assets as well. And so huge opportunity if you can retain and expand those client relationships. So let's talk a little bit about the differences. Now, every individual is truly individual, and I don't want to stereotype men or women here, but there are tendencies amongst genders. And talk a little bit, if you can, about the differences between how men and women approach wealth management. Yeah, that's a good point, and, and everybody should be treated as an individual, but studies, focus groups, and actual behavior tells us that as men and women, our relationship with money and investing is often different. Not good or bad, just different, and recognizing that is, is important. So women tend to have a relationship with money that is about safety, security, family protection. They tend to be more risk averse um, and perhaps not as confident, regardless of their competence, in their ability to, to invest. So they're seeking out information. They want a partnership. They like a plan and they like to stick to a plan, which quite honestly is sort of the ideal client that all advisors are looking for. If you contrast that to men and their relationship with money, quite different in that investing is sort of a competition. They're focused on maybe the results or the performance. They like the making of money. They tend to take more risks and they're often moreover confident in their own opinion or the opinion of perhaps someone that's not their advisor if they think they're missing out on an opportunity. So understanding that and the way that you're talking to clients and relating to them can be really critical. Yeah, I read one report where they said men are more likely to believe that they can do a better job managing their money than their advisor. Yes. Or they'll put several advisors against each other. Men tend to put their money in multiple places, including maybe some that they control, to see how it performs. Very different than women who sort of get this idea of holistic planning. And if there's information and all my dollars are in one place and we, we have a plan, um, that makes them feel more in control, more secure, and they tend to follow that plan. This might be a good place to talk about other ways that women are better clients than men. You talk about they're more likely to stick to their plan. I, You made a point to me years ago. They're also more likely to refer friends and family. This is my favorite question. The reason is, is because advisors love the answer. As an advisor, I understand that, you know, you've had success in your business. You're always trying to add value and keep up with servicing requests. So one question that I got from advisors, does it really matter if I focus on this market 
uh, for keeping in mind, you know, will it just happen? And if I make that focused effort, will it improve the bottom line, give me a meaningful ROI, or actually improve the valuation of my practice? And the great news is the answer is yes. And, and here's why. First, once you build that trusted relationship with women, they tend to put more of their money in one place. They're open and communicative about the consolidation of assets and like the idea of making ongoing savings contributions in the same place. And the reason is, is that women really value that holistic relationship and you and them being able to see their whole picture. And that's something that every advisor strives for, to be able to add the most value to their clients. Second of all, female investors tend to trade less. They require less servicing time than their male investors. And there's lots of studies uh, that support this. Of course, women value proactive and reactive communication, but it tends to be conversations about reassurance in volatile markets that things are still on track or very specific actions or decisions they may need to take so that they can stick with the plan. And that kind of behavior, when you're working with clients, oftentimes will drive the best long-term outcome. Third, and maybe the most powerful, is that satisfied female investors are terrific referrers for new clients. Women bond by sharing good experiences, and women tend to be very influenced by personal recommendations. Multiple studies show that women investors tend to refer their advisors nearly three times as often as their male counterparts. So adding more female clients or engaging at a higher level with the female clients that you already have will definitely have an impact on your bottom line. That point is worth pausing on because you and I both have worked in this industry for a long, long time. And this is one of the biggest issues with advisors is how do I get more business? Well, how do I, how do I satisfy and keep the clients I have? How do I get new clients? How do I get referrals? This is such a focus for advisors. I mean, that's the holy grail of, of yeah, business we, development. Women women like to share their experiences and they like to have other women have a same positive experience um, than they did. And women are more likely to act on a referral that comes from a personal trusted relationship than looking at the website or doing research or asking for, you know, all sorts of stats on a particular advisors. They choose advisors based on those relationships they have with other women. So I mentioned you and I did a similar podcast episode seven years ago. I looked it up. I, I can't believe it, it's been that long. And we talked about many of these same issues. I think there's some progress has been made but not that much with regard to being prepared for and catering towards women's preferences. But there's still a lot of work to be done. And I just, it, it begs the question, are we overstating the opportunity? I definitely think it's an opportunity. Every, everything you know that we've talked about here would tell you that it is. I do think it's an evolution versus a, a, a revolution. I think that advisors and asset managers have had a lot of success 
for many, many decades doing what they do and how they do it, how they demonstrate, how they illustrate, how they train advisors in a particular way. And I do think that we're starting to see um, the evolution of their programs, particularly as they're bringing in new advisors um, into the programs, bringing more female advisors. We still have a way to go. I think the stat is that there's only about 15, maybe 20%. Some firms do a better job. But I do think that those are early lead indicators of the change and the shift. I love talking about it because I do think we need to continue the awareness and we need to have advisors taking advantage of the resources and programs that are out there to make them and their practices better at capitalizing on this opportunity. So a couple of points I want to go a little bit deeper on. One is the solution is not necessarily more female advisors. Yes, we need to have more diversity amongst the group of advisors out there. We're, we are in the low 20 percentage in terms of, of number of female advisors. So there's a lot of work to be done to increase that number. But my point is male advisors still can be successful with female clients. They, they might need to change their approach. And there are female advisors, as you've told me in the past, that were trained by men and are doing the same thing that male advisors are, at least in, in terms of their approach at communicating and, and managing wealth. There's opportunity for them to improve the way they approach women. Right. What we have found, um, you know, what's been been documented in many studies is that developing that trusted relationship with a female client, the qualities that they point out tend to be qualities that um, are more identified with with females or maybe with, with female advisors, but all advisors can take advantage of this. What I mean by that is the number one criteria that women say that is important to them about an advisor is listening. Historically, the way advisors have conveyed confidence in their clients or have uh, had service meetings or quarterly meetings or, or whatever those meetings are is by demonstrating, is by talking, is by sharing their knowledge, is by talking about their worth. And most women don't relate to that. They want to talk to the advisor. They want to tell the story. They want to go through scenarios and implications. Most women answer questions that are about 300 words to 100 words that a, that a man would use in answering the same question, in, in, some, in some cases more. So being heard and listening is really, really important, whether you're a female advisor or you're a male advisor when working with female clients. And this might sound like just a basic life skill, but it, it did take me over 40 years of marriage to figure this, <laughs> this one out. But sometimes all your job is, is to listen. You don't necessarily have to do anything with that information, right? People right. want to be heard. Women want to be heard. Everyone wants to be heard. But mm -hmm. women have a tendency to not be listened to as much, right? And it, just that skill, listening to your client can go a long way. Yeah, and it's not that women don't 
care about performance or the investment or your credentials. It's just not something that they need to focus on over and over again. They want to give context to a situation, to maybe fears, to maybe apprehensions that they have, to changes in what's going on. And um, you would be amazed at some of the advisors that have taken this piece only and applied to it and said, wow, once I started listening, the female client, especially if it's a male-female you know, couple relationship, will tell me so much more about the family, the interpersonal relationships, where their assets are. And so that listening also back to your, hey, is this worth it? Many advisors will tell you absolutely it is. Another topic I think is related to listening is I saw a stat that they did studies on client meetings where the advisor was working with a couple, male-female couple, they found that 60% of the eye contact was between the advisor and the male partner. And just something as simple as evening out your eye contact is related to listening. It really matters. And there's a, there's a couple of programs by some great asset managers that are just on nonverbal skills and nonverbal interpreting of skills. So men tend to develop trust with each other by nodding and listening in, in, in affirmation, right? And, and the advisor's demonstrating and the male client is shaking their head in agreement. And trust is being developed, absolutely. If that approach is taken with most female clients and they're nodding their head and you're talking the entire time, most likely that nonverbal communication should be interpreted of, I'm not connecting, I'm not giving her a chance to speak. She's probably nodding her head going, oh my gosh, this is not, you know, making, either making sense to me or I'm not feeling like I'm being heard. So there's some really subtle nuances, like you mentioned eye contact or even again, interpreting nonverbal communications between men and women that can make a huge difference for advisors and their success in interacting with female investors. Right. Simple things like, Asking, tell me more. Right. Or it's an easy one. <laughs> or a follow-up question. <laughs> Demonstrate that you heard something mm -hmm. that they said, and and then you you say it back to them. It, you're demonstrating active listening. Exactly. So I'm, now I'm interested in your suggestions for e either if we're talking to an individual advisor or a wealth management firm. What are some of the things tactically that they could do to improve their ability to serve their female clients and, and attract more of them? Well, you know, outside of really seeking out some of these resources where there are education guides, tools, white papers and studies, just, just making yourself more aware and trying some of these techniques, I think there's some real um, tactical things that you could do in your practice, you know, right away. One that advisors have had a lot of success with that I have mentioned many times is to ask your current female client base, get their feedback in how you could do better, that you want to do better, that you know that you're that you're maybe not doing everything. Do they have ideas? What do they want to hear? How do they want those quarterly or annual meetings to go? How would they like to absorb the information? What topics 
do they want to hear? Do they want to hear from somebody talking about the markets or an asset management asset class? Or do they want to talk about taking care of their elderly parents, right? Are there topics that you can cater? So not only do you get insight, those folks will become advocates and likely to refer because now they're part of the solution and how your practice is being run. So that's that's certainly one great way. And and sometimes they might be caught off guard being asked their opinion, right? And so keep asking the opinion. It might take several quarterly meetings. You know, you might ask you might ask the female partner well, how would you like these meetings to go? Is there other information that you would like me to prepare? They might not have an answer until the next quarterly meeting. Right. So stay with that. I think you're spot on. The other thing is if you do have couples that you are um, advising, really review how are you communicating? Do you send an email and address it to both of them? If there's something in the market that goes on that you want to reach out because they might be needing just your, your affirmation or your insight, do you reach out to one person over the other? Are you doing that jointly? Are you asking them individually how they feel? You know, because their reactions or their apprehension might be different from each other. So it's that art of not only just the male and female, but they're they're two different people in that relationship and I think the the respect and the trust that you gain is important of it as addressing them also as individuals well Kristen this has been a fantastic conversation I really do appreciate your time your insight on this I know you've done a lot of tremendous work on this topic over the years and you know, it's, it's great to be able to share your insight with the audience you are welcome thank you for having me Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Retirement Space Podcast. I'll put a link in the show notes to a McKinsey white paper that covers many of the details Kristen and I discussed here. And if you'd like to check out my other episodes, go to www.theretirementspace.com. If you found this episode useful, I would truly appreciate it if you left a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. That really helps get the message out to new potential listeners. And you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, even if you listen to this episode on another platform. And finally, if you have questions or comments about this episode or have suggestions for guests for future episodes, you can email me at matt at theretirementspace.com. Matt.